Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We move into the final hour of trading on this Wednesday with the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all slipping. Markets remain on cautious footing as stocks edge lower for a second day. Haven assets pushing higher after tensions mounted between the U.S. and North Korea. Gold up $20 the ounce, up 1.6%. 12.79. The 10-year up 6.30 seconds, yield 2.24%. S&P down 7 now at 24.67. That's a drop of 3 tenths of 1%. The Dow down 74, also a drop of 3 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 37, a decline there of 6 tenths of 1%. Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis President Jim Bullard says Janet Yellen's successor should consider holding press conferences after every policy meeting if she isn't picked for a second term at the helm of the central bank. Bullard's comments came in an exclusive interview with Bloomberg Radio and Television, where he also talked about the interest rate environment. We're in a low uh, growth regime with low interest rates and low inflation. It's not just the U.S., really the G7. And uh, I, I just don't think in this environment that, you, you know, you have to uh, really push hard to get back to some level of interest rates that would have been appropriate in an earlier era, but that's not the era that we're in right now. So I think we're actually in pretty good shape for rates right now. We can, uh, you know, leave them where they are and then see how the data develops. Office Depot shares plunging, suffering their worst stock decline in 15 months after tumbling retail sales hurt results, dealing another blow to the company after a failed takeover by Staples last year. Office Depot down 24%. Again, recapping, U.S. equities are lower across the board. S&P down 7, down 3 tenths of 1%. The Dow down 74, down 3 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 6 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Corey Johnson and Danny Berger here sitting in for Carol Nasser. Uh, and uh, this is Bloomberg. I am a lineman for the county. It's like Glenn Campbell, uh, and not just Glenn Campbell Long. It's our song of the day picked by Dave Wilson, our stock center. You might have heard that song early this morning on the surveillance. You've been listening to Bloomberg Radio all day, and why wouldn't you be? Yeah, when Tom Keene put that out on his Twitter feed, I just uh, sort of gravitated to that version because it shows you how influential Glenn Campbell was to more contemporary musicians, Stone Temple Pilots, featured on that uh, particular recording. Just one example. You know, last year when Bruce Springsteen's autobiography came out, uh, Vanity Fair ran a profile of him. At the time, he was working on a solo album, and he talked about how it was inspired by Glenn Campbell's work with uh, Jimmy Webb uh, during the uh, time when he had his hits. Well, we haven't got the solo album yet, but we do have, you know, Glenn Campbell's uh, history to... Uh, appreciate at this point. So did that also inspire not just the Stone Temple Pilots, but you to come up with a chart of the day? Well, I suppose you could argue in a sense because, let's face it, uh, you wouldn't necessarily intuitively put together Glenn Campbell and the Stone Temple Pilots. 
nor would you put together the performance of growth stocks and bond volatility. But the folks at Pavilion Global Markets did just that in their latest report, really kind of looking at uh, what you might call complacency and what they did call complacency uh, in their report. You know, investors kind of figuring, oh, we're just going to go along because things are uh, doing well in the markets. And so what they did is they looked at the relationship between the S&P 500's growth and value indexes. So you're talking about the fastest growing companies on the one hand and the ones that are cheapest relative to earnings or sales or whatever on the other. And then track that against a volatility gauge, which is similar to the VIX and which we know from stocks. Uh, and that in this particular indicator, which is called the Move Index from Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, looks at the Treasury market to get a sense of volatility. What you see there is that it's been coming down, uh, as has been the case uh, in the stock market. Why? And why? Because you know, things are, are getting settled. It's it's uh, you know a time of year when people just don't figure much is going to move markets. That they're anticipating events to come. You know, whatever the reason. Uh, what made the chart interesting was that the pavilion basically went back and, you know, kind of drew this relationship literally. And uh, I recreated for the chart, uh, inverting this move index so you can really focus on what's been happening with the growth stocks. And, you know, we're talking about the technology yeah. companies and others. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. I definitely want to know more. But a lot of things I want to know more about. That's why we have Carl Riccadonna here. He's our chief U.S. economist of Bloomberg Intelligence. What do you think of that, Carl? I think it's pretty interesting, actually. I was fascinated to find out that Glenn Campbell played uh, with the Beach Boys for a brief yeah. spat. Yeah. That was not Thank as interesting you. to me as, as what Dave just had. But that's just well, me. Funny you mention that because People Magazine put out a sort of a list of, of songs that he played on. You have to remember, he was part of the Wrecking Crew that right. basically, among right. other things, uh, appeared on Phil Spector recordings. So, you know, you've got Hello, Mary Lou by Ricky Nelson. You've got Surf City by Jan and Dean. I get around by the Beach Boys. You lost that love and feeling by the Righteous Brothers. You just don't know this man's history unless you really kind of go back and dig into it. Which makes Carl think about the economics of productivity. See? I knew he was going there. (laughs) Just like Glenn Campbell was such a productive songwriter and performer, uh, today we had the uh, 2Q uh, uh, productivity figures. And uh, it should not come as much surprise uh, that uh, productivity inched back uh, a little bit in the second quarter uh, because we knew we had uh, uh, decent GDP growth and uh, pretty solid uh, job creation in uh, not only the second quarter but the first half of the uh, year. Uh, but uh, the issue here is that uh, we are still in the productivity doldrums, uh, and a lot of economists are, uh, you know, uh, wringing their hands, wondering if this will ever end. Uh, and I think that's a fairly uh, straightforward uh, resolution to this uh, soft patch, which has gone on for uh, now several years. Uh, and that simply is that uh, as labor cost pressures uh, intensify, businesses will take 
the t- will make the types of investment that uh, enhance uh, productivity levels. They'll invest in capital and whatnot. Uh, there's little incentive to do so right now because uh, wage pressures have been slack. And we saw that in today's unit labor cost details in the uh, productivity report. Uh, we saw it in average hourly earnings last Friday. Uh, and we saw it in the employment cost index uh, the Friday before that. But, Carl, so from what you're saying, it sounds like most of this was expected. So are you telling me that the data we're getting today has no importance for the Fed? We, we don't see any changes in those outlooks? Well, the Fed is very uh, concerned about this uh, low productivity uh, trend that has been uh, uh, present in the economy for now uh, most of uh, the current economic cycle. So I don't know that today's report is a game changer in that regard, uh, but uh, there's a lot of concern there. How can you, you know, the, the Fed is asking how they can possibly uh, achieve uh, uh, let's say 3% GDP growth uh, if productivity growth uh, remains as uh, uh, sluggish uh, as it has been uh, for some time. Uh, again, the question is, you know, is a chicken and egg type of question. Will will businesses just start reinvesting in capital uh, and that will boost productivity or will they be forced to do so because of uh, upstream p- uh, price pressures? What is not contributing to productivity here? What, what, what kind of things have contributed to productivity in the past and is not happening now? Well, uh, what's uh, not uh, contributing to productivity now is uh, this slack that's been uh, in the labor force. So, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of incentive for businesses to make these types of capital investments. And uh, if they become uh, more uh, optimistic about uh, economic prospects, uh, which initially looked like it might be the case after the election, but that kind of uh, faltered, uh, you know, if they're more optimistic about the outlook and uh, workers start demanding higher wages, you'll see productivity follows suit. Dave, is that registering in the stock market at all, or, or is this all about geopolitical pressures here? Well, I mean, it's part of the backdrop, no question, because, you know, what's happening in the economy, if nothing else, is going to uh, influence what the Federal Reserve does down the line, and that becomes sort of an issue that looms large next month when the policymakers get together. And so it's a matter of you know, how do things unfold from here and to what extent do companies have to worry about that when it comes to uh, their earnings and uh, their revenue. Viva Las Vegas, indeed. That was Glenn Campbell and the guitar on that one, in Viva Las Vegas. Wow. Yeah, that happened. That was the wrecking crew, too. Great stuff, guys. Thank you, as always. Carl Rick our chief U.S. economist from Bloomberg Intelligence, and Dave Wilson with his music trivia song and chart of the day. All in one. You'll listen to Bloomberg Markets and Bloomberg Radio. This is Nathan Hager right now with a look at what's going on in the world. Nathan. Yeah, learn something new every day. Thanks, Corey. Well, President Trump may have warned of fire and fury against North Korea, but Secretary of State Rex Tillerson says essentially not to worry. Nothing that I have seen and nothing that I know of would indicate that the situation has dramatically changed in the last 24 hours. Speaking aboard a plane over Southeast Asia, Tillerson says the president sent North Korean leader Kim Jong-un a message in language he would understand. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis followed that message up with a statement of his own, saying Pyongyang should stop considering actions that would lead to the end of its regime and the destruction of its people. For decades, North Korea has had the potential to attack with very little notice and inflict hundreds of thousands of casualties. We've deterred North Korean military adventurism by having our own forces there and by our own strategic nuclear deterrent, and that's still operative. Retired General Wesley Clark speaking earlier on Bloomberg Television. This afternoon, President Trump is taking aim at Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell after he told a Kentucky Rotary Club this week that the president may have had excessive expectations of how quickly major legislation can pass. The president tweeted, after seven years of hearing repeal and replace, why not done? 
The UN's migration agency says up to 50 migrants from Somalia and Ethiopia have been deliberately drowned when a smuggler forced them into the sea off the coast of Yemen. The International Organization for Migration statement calls the incident shocking and inhumane. It says staffers found the shallow graves of 29 migrants on a beach during a routine patrol. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.